Good evening, folks. I'm slightly late. No time for fancy intros, partly because, let's be honest, um, you know. I was hoping to show it as an example, but then I realised there's an intro at the start of the but I was going to play. The point was, it's a morning intro, right? And it's like 5pm Eastern, 10pm here in Great Britain. Uh, so it didn't make a lot of sense. Um, so, nonetheless, I'm here. I'm going to be here for about the next hour, just shy of an hour. We all need to obviously depart just in time for the 31, which I can confirm. Well, I can't confirm. But I can um, assume, predict, if my internet starts working again, which has been an issue as of late. Um, one second. Hang on a second, folks. Let me try and fix this here. It seems to be fine. It just tells me it's not working. I don't know why that is. It's very confusing. Nonetheless, um, I hope everyone is well. It's very late. It's been a long day here at headquarters. Um Again, I, I want to promise that this is not <laughs> the, the new identity of the bird. It's just been a weird couple of weeks with new and stuff going on, and I still want to do the show, so rather than cancel whatever, I'm kind of moving them around. Now, granted, you could ask why call it the bird. Well, how many names can one beard white lad have for wrestling shows? Ultimately, is the question. Um, guys, tell me if uh, tell me if you can actually like hear and see me because the the streamyard's telling me that I'm getting the shit kicked out of me right now. So. I don't know. I was told that I should not have posted this. Brucey Peach, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Let's not speak to it, though, because I'm told, you know, kayfabe and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, ruled. Um, I see lots of all hows. Mad King says, anything newsworthy going on? I've been checked out all day. You and me both, brother. I have no idea. I don't think so, though. Um, I'm good. Okay. All right. Let's talk, let's talk professional wrestling. It appears that everyone is seeing me. I'm coming through fine, which is always good. And uh, and let's talk some professional wrestling. I want to do a quick um, raw round. Yeah, I don't know what it is. The stream yard's strange. Um, I want to do a quick raw round, and then we'll do some questions and just kind of hang out. This can be very loose. Not like the show isn't usually loose, but especially so this time. Um, quick raw round because it was last night, and it did, I believe, uh, 15 million viewers on the USA Network. Bob told me the number was good. Um, there was a battle royal. It popped me tremendously that T-Bar was one of the central figures of this battle royal. You get what you get, I suppose. Good for him. John Cena was there. That was the actual headline. It was not T-Bar. Um, he was hanging out throughout the night, spending time with all the stars and, you know, like Ezekiel. And No, I'm just playing. He did some skits with Street Profits, Ezekiel, and there's one with Seth, which um, I will say, though, in all seriousness, you guys know I'm not the biggest Cena fan or anything like that. He actually kind of drives me nuts. But um, it was a cool deal. And I like they just had him do an actual celebration rather than doing like a big angle or whatever. You know, I thought it was cool. And, um, you know, look, I'm not a big John Cena fan by any means. It's John Cena. Everyone has their opinion at this point. It is what it is. But I do absolutely co-sign the kind of general admiration for who he has been in pro wrestling. I think he's certainly a credit to the industry. Um, I'm not desperate to see him on wrestling shows ever again, but that doesn't mean, you know, that's, that's not an indictment of him as the way how much he was on those shows for so long. I just, I find his shtick to be kind of, um, to be kind of exhausting, but I was, I was you know, obviously glad to see him on the show and 
his demeanour was was very pleasant. He seemed genuinely proud of his of his twenty years, and it's been you know he's had an incredible run. Obviously, um, I'm absolutely not doing the you can't see me bit. Um, you know, he's one of their most enduring top guys. He was very divisive for much of that stretch, but in the end, through kind of persistence. Um, he kind of grinds it out long enough that everyone kind of just went, oh, fair enough, I guess we accept John Cena as the top guy, which, God bless, that's challenging. Um, and, you know, he pulled it off. He's always been a great promo. And uh, this was good TV. I was happy to see him just do an actual celebration. I want to talk quickly while we talk about Cena. And, and again, folks, if you have questions, you can put them in the chat now and I'll scroll and, and get them. I can about anything, not Raw, because I get that a lot you don't watch. But... Um, I want to quickly mention the AEW guys who sent in videos. And I talked about this semi-often on the distraction in kind of just how dumb wrestling is. I think it is genuinely impressive that wrestling is the like such an absurd uh, you know scene space that we were all startled at this. Like guys being able to send videos to a guy who's their friend and their peer. Um, it's unfathomable to me that wrestling is that backwards in terms of that outdated in terms of how it operates. Simply put, and I don't think I'm breaking news to you guys, I think you know exactly what I mean here, but like this should absolutely be the norm. There is a massive difference between AEW and, and WWE not doing like, um, you know, joint Forbidden Door-esque shows. I don't think anyone expects that. There is a massive difference between them doing those shows, though, and being like this weird thing where they never talk about each other. You know? Um, Kevin Kelly on Sunday said that, Cesar- that Claudio had been in WWE, and it's like, yes, this is how we need to operate. It will never be this way. I'm very aware of that. I understand why, because everyone's, you know, stuck in their whole shit. But wrestling is such a niche, nerdy, dumb, balmily awesome thing. And we need to just embrace it for what it is. And everyone needs to get out of their own way. And yes, it should not be surprising that people were allowed to send videos to John Cena. It was surprising. It was shocking, honestly. When I saw the graphic, I thought it was a bit. It just startles me. It really does. You know, I think rid of that old school bullshit mentality. And again, I'm not saying they should do a co-promotional show. Honestly, they they appeal to very different audiences. They're better far apart. But there's no reason for that kind of kind of um, weird, like separate universe thing. I just think it's dumb, and um, I'm glad that it was avoided for John Cena, who you know many of his peers have a great admiration for. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, Montez Ford and Jey Uso um, had a, a pretty strong match. I wanted to see this one because there's been a lot of talk as of late about Montez Ford kind of bulking up. Which, yes, that is a thing that's happened. But Montez has always been an interesting one in terms of upside, right? Everyone's always kind of circled him as being the guy in the team and a potential top guy, um, maybe even. And I will say his performance here, I thought, was was very encouraging in that regard. When you look at this roster, there's, look, there's certainly talent here, but there is a real um, vacancy in terms of guys that you look at and say, I think he can be actually elevated in a way that sticks, right? Like you can try stuff. But guys that really jump off the page as a potential main event player, there are very few and far between in this promotion. Montez Ford has kind of got it. Um, he's always been super charismatic, and you know he's athletically is, is incredible. But there's a 
there's an edge that he's getting here with this kind of physical, um, you know, evolution that is really promising for his potential as a main event guy. I like the match with Jay quite a bit. Um, I believe I, I believe I froze there, but I'd be hesitant to rush on the street profits thing. Um, I would rather do the kind of deal where you push Montez without breaking the team and just see how it goes, you know, because I've seen how those go in WWE before and it can be very dangerous. No need to do a turn. I think you just kind of just test the waters a little bit. He's very exciting. Um, I like the match. AJ Styles versus The Miz. I must say, this was much more entertaining a conversation than it was an actual watch. Um, I was sent a clip from the famed Dave Meltzer, who, when told by Brian Alvarez that this got pretty good in the end, exclaimed, what? This was terrible, which popped me tremendously. And at that point, I was very excited to watch this because, again, maybe it's the impact of the Oracle of Wrestling on me, the influence of him. But there is something to be said for matches actually falling apart in 2022 where everyone has just freestyle matches. Um, I was really disappointed by the fact that I didn't really see that. It was not anything like catastrophic or like terrible to me. I just thought it was a match, which maybe I missed out on some performance art here. Um, I will say though, and this is kind of, in a lot of ways, goes against like the common perception of how guys age and which guys should be better as they get older. Miz has never been good at like an explosive athlete. He's never been a guy with a great offense, so on and so forth. He's a promo guy, he's a personality, whatever. Whatever you think of Miz, that's what he is. But my God, man, like that fucking knee injury is... I mean, if he was like a two previously on the scale in terms of explosiveness and unbelievable offense, my God, he's fallen off the damn, the damn chart. He's really struggling in that regard. And it's weird because I wouldn't even really have assumed it'd be an issue for him because it's never been his thing. But it's like, it's almost like the, he'd set a certain level that we all kind of conceded, not we all, but the audience kind of was allowed, they allowed it. <laughs> and now he's, man, his shit is like, it's tough. Like even for someone like AJ who takes these great bumps, I thought it was very challenging for him to make that stuff look good. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, Miz is at a point in his career where like, you know, not everyone's going to age in ring like fucking Claudio or Brian, right? Like, is what he is. He was never those guys to begin with. And it appears to me that he's kind of hit the wall in ring, which, hey, there's a lot for him to do. Commentary, managing, talk show. They get them out every week. So no big deal, but I wanted to mention it. Um, Carmella and Bianca Belair had a segment building their match. Obviously, this is very late notice and kind of their hand is forced. Um, well, no, it's not. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's, it's kind of a tough deal. I get it. Uh, Carmella's always a confident promo. They've always had an issue with her, though, in terms of making people believe that she's like a major player, which I actually feel bad for her because I think she honestly does a good job of what she's given. I don't disagree with that sentiment at all. I think she makes the most of most of the opportunities she's given. But there has always been a disconnect there. Like, go back in history and see how many times you can find that like, you find where Carmella got like a huge reaction. Um, it's just been a struggle in that regard. And I worry about this match for that reason, even though I've seen these two have good matches before. They had one on a SmackDown before Money in the Bank last year that was very good, actually, uh, on the first SmackDown back in front of the live crowds. So certainly the match can be good, but I worry about the lack of heat considering no one's going to buy Carmella. This segment didn't really help that. I like Bianca as a promo. I worry. Oh my God, there's a phone going off here. Hang on a second. Goddamn piece of shit. Older brother leaving the 
his telephone in his cellular device in the podcast studio apartment. Piece of shit. Anyway, here I am talking about Carmella versus Bianca Belair at 10 p.m. Does not anyone do that? No respect for the sacred art form of professional wrestling podcasting. Yes. Um, it's always great when you're burying someone and they like <laughs> apologize. <laughs> um, so anyway, <laughs> Bianca Belair is a good promo, even if I do sometimes feel that the way script makes it challenging, you know, I think um, they rely so much on, on catchphrases and branding and it can be a little one note for me, but you know, it was a good segment. It's fine. Um, they did this bizarre deal with Alexa and Liv last night that was fucking hilarious. And if I was if I was at a different point in my fandom and I wanted to be a piece of shit, I would have texted Bob immediately because it popped me. Well, not immediately because I saw it hours later, but... Um, so they've been, like, teaming up and have been, like, friends on the show. So they do this deal where they book them in a match against each other and, like, the whole promo... Not in, like, a mean way, but it was kind of playful, you know? Like, we're not friends. And Liv did this promo like Alexa was like um, like she was Hiroshi Tenzan, you know, in 2015. Like, you know, you get out of the way, oldie. She didn't say that, but it felt that way, which. Um, and then they went out to have a match and, like, they wrestled for. Like, it was bizarre. I mean, it's terrible. Like, sorry, guys. It was bizarre. Hopefully it fixed for the Money in the Bank show. But they did a two-minute match and they just did, like, a roll-up. It was like. All right, hang on a second. Let me let me try and fix this. I think I may know how to. And then I'll come back and answer questions. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the stylings of um, Feeding the Ducks. Never mind, I don't know how to fix this. Told it's just an issue. I'm not sure. All right. Where was I in the chat? Okay, I'm back there. I'll catch up again, guys. I will, I'm not missing your questions. I'm going to go through them after. Um, so anyway, I did a roll up. I don't know who this was for. I hope it doesn't mean Liv's not winning on Sunday or Saturday because I think she really honestly should, looking at the lineup. Um, I love that I'm kept the music on. Maybe I should. And turn it down. That's too low. Can't hear it. Let's just stop it. Um, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't actually. I thought it was quite bad, but you know, you get what you get. Last week, I had a lot of praise for Bobby Lashley and the way he presented uh, Alpha Academy. 
So then, like, so this way you just beat him in a handicap. They have a real issue with this, man. Like, they find something that's cool and works, and they're just like, why don't we just do it again? And again. And it gets worse, and it gets less interesting. Well, this was bad, and he just didn't achieve anything, you know? Um, it's a real shame. I, I think it's a real issue they have creatively, and they kind of get – they have these crutches they develop. There was a Cody interview. It was very funny because he's Cody. He was talking about how some of these men have the heart of Harley Race, which is fucking incredible when advertising a money in the bank ladder match. And then finally, Becky won the six-pack gimmick, which actually was quite good. Um, I honestly was impressed by it. I thought it could be quite – when I looked at the line, I said, that could be rough. It was not. It was good. Um, I will say, and I, I promise I'm not doing a bit here, Tamina was like – Tamina worked incredibly hard here, man. She was, like, borderline good. It was kind of uncomfortable. I don't know how I feel about this. I'd like her to revert back to uh, the norm. Much more fun. No, I'm just kidding. But um, Becky's obviously over huge, and even though she's a heel, it doesn't. she's not really a heel, honestly, on the show. If you actually watch the show, it's like... I still. I mean, I assume she's getting some baby face after she puts Bianca over again, but... Yeah, Raw was okay. The scene stuff was cool, and, you know... Raw is, like... The roster's pretty decent for them at this point. And uh, I mostly enjoyed it. It was okay. All right, let's do some questions. I'm sorry, guys. I know it's a very hectic show, but this is why we're at 10, because it's been very hectic. You know, it's difficult, though, when pieces of shit leave their goddamn cellular device surrounding you here. When you try to do a radio program that's in the morning at 5 p.m. Eastern time, 10 p.m. in Great Britain. Who's calling at 10 p.m. anyway? Maybe they wanted to discuss the Liv Morgan Alexa Bliss thing. Question, how are you doing, Joe? I'm doing very well, actually. I will say that um, all of my uh, kind of vibe tonight is not actually anything uh, concerning. It's more circumstantial. There's no, there's no, uh, you know, deeper-rooted issues than that, obviously beyond the norm. But um, I'm doing good, man. I'm good. I'm in a good spot. And, you know, I'm kind of frustrated with some elements of Bindor Week where we, we kind of... We kind of punted there, which was a shame. But, you know, it was difficult with me being on holiday and just trying to schedule stuff. It was hard, man. It was hard, especially with, like, our team. It was difficult to find, like, New Japan-related content that really worked, made sense. Money in the Bank, we're going to have some fun, and then hopefully we can gear up and kind of at least do a good job with SummerSlam. I think there's a chance we're going impromptu for um, Blood and Guts, and we might go live after tomorrow night. Unless it sucks, which I'd be surprised. But, um, yeah, I'm excited. I mean... You know, there's there's always that weird thing of when you're building up to a break and then you get the break and you come back and it's like, oh yeah, no, we're just we're just back. <laughs> it's always it's always slightly challenging uh, for me, it is anyway. But I'm excited to be back. Bert, did you punch your desk when Bliss and Liv are fighting? Um, no, I don't generally punch my desk at wrestling. But I will say I was kind of bummed out. They got like such little time. I thought it was weird. Strange choice. Especially because they give such other, like, they give other matches. Like, last week they did it with Champer and Asia got four minutes. It's like, dude, why? Like, you do, it's like a Jey Uso match goes 12 minutes on this show. I mean, I like Jey Uso, but come on. Who is your favorite jobber ever? Captain New Japan 2015. Incredible. Him and Tanashi teaming in the tag league was unbelievable. How was your adventure to the cinema? Um, it was good. I like the, uh, as you know, folks, I 
I enjoy that as a grin. Always have, even doubt. Even a pinch, needing needing to pop me, that's what I'll do. I want to see the black phone, which is a uh, supernatural horror flick, thriller. Um, it is good. It's a good time. I recommend it. Especially if you're not a great big fucking nerd and won't send the whole film wondering like what it could be, because that's what I kind of did, which is not ideal. Um, but I had a good time of it. It's a good flick for sure. And there's some good performances in it. And one thing I'm a big on, like I, I'm a big thriller guy. That horror thriller kind of, you know, middle ground love. I'm big on like atmosphere, you know. I like I, I'm someone who I love movies, but I do struggle with like my my attention sometimes. You know, I'll switch off during a longer film sometimes. The reason I love those those movies is because if they're done correctly, even if they're not perfect, this isn't perfect. It's not classic or anything, but it's just it's solid, well executed. Keeps my attention. I'm on the edge of my seat. I love that feeling. It's always fun. Especially in a basically empty cinema, you know, that's always good. Uh, I like this Hope Jericho named Cena. He's Sports Entertainer of the Week on Rampage. Pop, that would be amazing. And they use his, like, TNT graphic, which is hilarious. Um, he's doing, like, a show, isn't he, or something? Wasn't there something he was doing on TNT? Okay. It's kind of wild that two competitors in, in first AEW title play of you match in the Dynamite era have since done... The broken Austin Sessions gimmick pop. Um, first, the two competitors in the first. Oh, Code Man. My God. I forgot Cody. That's strange. Yes, I was like, did John Moxley go back on the break? Yes, that is pretty. I mean, look, man, things have changed. We're kind of reverting back to how wrestling is like supposed to work. We're, like, time is actually like a couple of years in a promotion now feels like it actually is something. Whereas for the last decade, it was like guys just stayed places forever. It was kind of brutal, honestly, um, from a coverage point of view. And that's, that's saying like I was, it amazed me to think about the Cesaro beat Seth at WrestleMania 2021, like 14 months ago, 15 months. And on that mania, Joe's on commentary in the rain. Remember that? It's nuts. Um, okay. Dude, I probably should have started this stream 25 minutes late, but I didn't want to fuck up Bobby's show, so I, like, rushed, and, you know, you get what you get. Um, I see some Montez talk. Jey Uso is very good, yes. The Usos are very good, man. I know there's, like, a whole bit about them and the Young Buck stuff, and, like, it's exhausting because not everything needs to needs to be, uh, like, a direct comparison that way. The Usos are a very good team. They're not because the Young Bucks, no, but they're a very good team. All right, back short. You see Moxley talking about that where he was like, you know, the, uh, he's like, it's not, he's like an alien. So he, <laughs> he's too strong, too quick, too, he's too smart. He's a nice guy. He just couldn't try to wrap his head around the, the, how special Claudio is. So yeah, absolutely. I could confirm it's not a landline. We're not a landline. We're not that nuts. You know. At least there'd be an excuse then, though, right? We have pockets for these mobile phone gimmicks. Pieces of shit. Anyway. Now, hold on. <laughs> Let's take it easy. With some Tenzan CM Punk action in 2022, brother. Yeah, like, I do want to be clear, because I know this is on the paywall, but I'm aware it's like an understandably, you know, people feel the type of way about it, which I get, but like, she didn't actually do that at all. I was just popping myself, but she absolutely did the thing where she like kind of framed it as like the, 
But, you know, get out of my way, grizzled veteran, which I guess Max is now, but it just it's funny. Um, again, I really hope it doesn't mean she's not winning the match. I think Liv's ready, actually. And I, I would not always have given you that opinion, but Liv's been pretty impressive as of late, man. And, like, you guys know this. I, one, I wish the match was longer. I think that's a good role for Alexa as, like, the kind of upper mid-card baby face who the audience likes and knows and respects. But you don't need to have her central at this point. Like, you need to move on, I think, generally. You can obviously, it doesn't mean you, you like, bury these people. You don't do that. You treat them with respect because they've they've been big parts of the division. But even Becky, other than her, maybe, Becky, I maybe would put on a separate list. But assuming Sasha's gone, the rest of that core, you know, I'm looking to move on for the sake of the card. You need to create fresh matches. So, there you go. Um, right. Yes, the 31 is on the, the top of the hour here. We're going to lead straight into it. Folks, let me tell you something. Without giving anything away, it's a particularly unique episode of The 31, right? It's a pretty special episode. The most extensive, elaborate episode yet. I think you might enjoy it. Um, yes, I, the music I think I should have left on, honestly. I think music should always be on. All right. I'm scrolling. Here we go. Agree with this, but I'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Lash and Gable last week was legitimate spreadsheet material. Well, my spreadsheet, dude, I thought it was awesome. And you know what was really cool about it? And this is where I actually think this is kind of a lost art. And I'm not going to do the used to be better thing, but I do kind of believe this. Because Bobby has like picked his lane stylistically and he's kind of become like a destroyer, like he just mows people over. What that means is when he wrestles a different way and he gets on the mat and actually goes back to his kind of roots. It makes Gable feel like a bigger deal just by a proxy, right? And this is something I've talked about before. I remember we talked about it with Takeshita, and it's not a criticism by any means, because with certain places you need this, but I think that's the beauty of having like a very defined style, you know? You can actually use range in a way that's this this effective. I mean, it's like on Sunday when King done his dive, which if you've watched Eddie for years, you know, he does the dive semi-regularly. But because he's framed himself in a way of, I am a brawler, I throw chops and do suplexes. When he does that dive, it's actually like a storytelling device, you know? In reality, he could do that in every match if he wanted to, you know? That dude's like very well versed in fucking lucha and shit, like quack and quack. Um, those dudes, like he's talked about that before. And that's where I think you can, I think that's a really fun example of that, where Bobby's like a, he's obviously a legitimate shooter in terms of the wrestling arena, but in this particular match, we see him actually show that, and he was like, fuck, he hasn't done this in ages. It's fun. Um, do you think Bob's better off in a match than Money in the Bank? Probably. I think Bob would worry me in a Money in the Bank for a range of reasons. As, as exciting as he is in terms of thinking he may kill someone out there, he's somewhat, somewhat clumsy. I'd be very concerned with all the injury issues of having him climb ladders, to be quite frank. But and I say that's someone that loves the man. Right? Let me tweet this here. Um, the 31. Right. My phone doesn't even have Wi-Fi. What the fuck is going on around here? And the shit kicked out of us, man, here in Great Britain. Last week, I actually really was pushed was done after I squashed him. Why beat him up to build him for time match? And now he won the battle rule. 50-50, bro. That's what you do, man. One week up, next week down. That's the story of a of a pro wrestling hero in uh, 
in WWE. Whether you like it or not, I don't personally. I think it's fucking dumb. I don't know why you have to just beat guys all the time. But they love the idea that beyond the one or two guys they really push, like a so like Drew McIntyre is someone who, while he's not been pushed huge in the last year, he's not framed that way. He's framed as like a badass. Every other babyface, the story that Vince likes, he's then pushing that rock up the mountain. And then every time it gets to the top, it falls back down on him. You know, that's just that's what he finds compelling. I personally think it's fucking dumb for the most part. Um, but in Riddle's case, it kind of is irrelevant because he do, the dude's over and they can't really hurt him in that sense. So, you know, he's fine. He's in the match. So this is factual. Um, I think phone calls are like legitimately, how do I put this? So you use the word terrifying, but that seems strong. <laughs> I'm not that scared of talking to people, but I don't know if you guys have seen um, When a Stranger Calls. If you have, you know what I'm going to say here. But it's actually a very common story. It's like a famed like myth. You know the classic thing, you know, the calls coming from inside the house. First 20 minutes of that flick. If you've never seen When a Stranger Calls, watch the first 20 minutes. The rest of it, I'm going to tell you what this is. Whatever, take it or leave it. First 20 minutes, big pops. And ever since, you know, ever since I watched that flick, I don't need phone calls. Do not disturb at all times. Check the number that called. Google number. See if it's a scam. If it's someone I recognize but don't like, text them instead. And then there's like three people in my phone book that I may call back. <laughs> That's all. Joe, how do you compare Cena to Tanahashi? Very similar figures in their respective company's history. Well, I think it's a, it's a fun comparison because the timelines match somewhat, right? Mid-2000s and then that kind of... Um, they were kind of parallels when people, when a lot of American fans found New Japan, that was the natural comparison. But in a lot of ways, Tanahashi is, even though in terms of persona, they couldn't be more different. He's very Steve Austin in terms of what he meant, right? Because Hiroji Tanahashi kind of saved the promotion. I mean, I, I'm not an exponent, but from what I gather, he, without Hiroji Tanahashi, New Japan Wrestling was in big trouble. And not just him, but what he represented and the way he changed the style when, like, their whole thing now is basically built on what he, the direction he took them, which was controversial and polarizing and people still feel a certain way about it. Like, there's a lot of people, like, Oracle kind of represents it, honestly, and I don't get it at all. I think he's one of the best ever, but there's definitely a vibe online of, like, a kind of under-the-radar minority who's, like, he's not, he doesn't hold up to the hero greats of yesteryear because he doesn't wrestle like that. He wrestles more like Ricky Steamboat, more like Shawn Michaels. Um... So I think this is going to be brutal because I'm going to read just slate scene here. I don't want to do that. But, like, frankly, to put it this way, Tanahashi is the one who made daring choices and changed his promotion stylistically. Tanahashi is the one who truly transformed the, his company's business, truly transformed it and kept it alive. Um, Tanahashi has got an almost unparalleled match catalogue, perhaps only beat in modern times by the guy who succeeded him for the ace role, and does Okada become what he is without Tanahashi? Almost certainly not. Those matches are the the absolute, um, you know, the finest of pro wrestling. That series, people forget that now because of Omega Okada, bro. Okada, Tanahashi, like, I understand why the Omega stuff's more compelling from a kind of um, Western eyes, so to speak, but, man, Wrestle Kingdom 10 is one of the most breathtaking things I've ever seen. The, the blow-off to the whole ace arc. So, 
they they compare in the sense that they are reliable, admirable, hardworking, great pro wrestling baby faces. They also one thing that is fun about that is like they both really seem to relish when the crowds began to push back on them at times in title matches. And it happened in different ways, but if you watch like Tanahashi matches where the crowd wants a title change, you'll just be a little bit of a dick. He's very Brett in that way, actually. But I don't think, you know, I think when you really look at the stories kind of side by side, I think one is a lot more grand. And I'm sure John Cena can sleep at night. He's made a lot of money and he's a big time fucking star. He's, again, let me stress, a credit to pro wrestling. I just think, you know, is what it is. Um, why is Madcap Moss not in any qualifiers? Is losing the ma- matches the way to get these? He's kind of being held back like Ward, like Pop. There's a dream match right there. Save that for Forbidden Door. Um, I don't know. I always find that stuff difficult, right? Like how you make sense of that stuff. I don't know, man. We're being robbed. Us Madcap Moss fans are being robbed. Bob says he's fired up for blood and guts. He likes wrestling again. Happy to hear that. Is AEW still Wardlow's world? Um, no. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> the Wardlow stuff, like, you listen, and I know if you're watching this show, God forbid, I'm sorry, but you'll know that, like, I've been very steady in my kind of, I had a lot of concerns at the Wardlow thing. We're, we're only three weeks removed, four weeks removed, and they're still there, but there's a lot of that circumstantial. This series does a TNT jam. Um, no comment. I appreciate this, pal. We want to do the Green Along stuff because I've said this to you guys before. That's not the kind of content when I would, you know, watch, um, when I would watch, uh, what do you call it? What the, what's the fuck? When I would watch the Connie podcast, well, ad free, ad free, good Lord, man. Ad free shows. When I'd watch those things, I would never do the Green Alongs because, or the, <laughs> watch them, the watch alongs because, I just, I can't watch wrestling that way. And I, what I've realized doing them is that that's not the point is you guys like just our company because for whatever reason, you like some of us. Maybe all of us, dare I say. Um, so I like doing them and they're very fun. And, you know, we don't talk about the matches a lot, but it's basically a way to hang out. I, I think the same to be said for that. So you can look for more of those. I'm not sure this week because we've got kind of, kind of busy week, um, which I'll get to at the end of the show, but there'll be more of that stuff for sure. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Do you think we will get some guys like Hiromo on Dynamite at some point soon as a make good for missing Forbidden Door? I would expect Hiromo, yes. Um, I actually believe there's a time he's, I think he is working the next strong taping, right? Or one of the next ones, the one that King's booked on. I think he's working that. So I would actually borderline expect Hiromo. I think, I think New Japan's now going to realize like this is a really big deal for them. I think the way they do business, they may have been slightly standoffish and kind of let Tony do his thing. I think this could be transformative for that company if they just, like, fully embrace it, which I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying, like, man, I think we can all agree that they can put together bigger, like, better show, like, better cards than Sunday, and Sunday's one of the best shows in, like, wrestling history. So sky's the limit, bro. I mean, it could transform their product, and if they can get top guys over when injuries die down. Like, I'll just speak for me, okay, and, like, you guys know where I'm at with New Japan. I watched Dominion and I'm going to watch the G1, but I didn't, I fell out when Eva won the title. Like, if TR going and working there just intrigues me. Like, I'm going to watch that, you know? Like, 
And that's kind of where you, that's what these partnerships should do, right? It should be fun and exciting for fans of both. But I'm very optimistic after seeing it in action. I think it could be a big deal. Who is the better jobber, Spentico or Fuego? They're a different brand of jobber. Of jobber. I said jobber there, like I was sort of. Um, they're a different brand of jobber. Serp is great as like a, like kind of sticky bumping heel. But Fuego is more valuable because he can actually get like some big time near falls out of him as a baby face, you know. But Serpentico is wonderful his job. Very nice fella too, I must say. I mean, very few wrestlers I've interacted with, but he was very, very nice on the uh, the distraction gimmick, you know. Very, very nice fella. All right. Um, wait, don't you really not like The Shining? I love The Shining. Dude, it's Jack, man. Come on. I love everything, Jack. Well, not everything, but <laughs> most things. Um, oh, how? Agreed. Fabindor was satisfying. I'm glad the AEW crowds no longer feel the need to chant. You still got it to Sting. He's fucking Sting. He's the fucking shit. Dude, Sting is unbelievable. Like, genuinely, one of the coolest stories in wrestling and we take it for granted for the reason that your comment captures, which is we don't need to remind anyone it is what it is. We accept that Sting is that guy and he's that crazy and he's that awesome. But I really believe he represents everything good about AEW. And that may sound weird because you guys been around and he's not only one of the young guys, but there's an optimism to him and there's an enthusiasm to him that is everything that makes people like AEW. The fact that he represents wrestling history the way he does and that particular lane of wrestling history, if you know what I mean? He's everything that AEW needs, to, you know, needs to be in people's minds, I think. He's he's the icon, man. He's that dude. Sting's, Sting's doing so much for his legacy with this run. And he didn't need to do it, but he is doing so much for his legacy with this run. It's great. Yeah, I loved it, man. I love the Jericho and Broken Skull. That should be the norm. I really believe that. I think that's that's the kind of thing that wrestling, like, it shouldn't be shocking to us at all. You know, it's an interview, right? But it is, because you're right, it is crazy. Because that's how wrestling operates. You know, and as, as Will says here, Monday Night Wars was an incredible legacy, but people just look, they've lost the plot on it. Like, it's just, it's wrestling, man. This is a, some nerdy shit. Like, this, you know, this, uh, let's, let's just embrace it for what it is and maximize it, you know? Give the people that like it as much a grin as they can get. Now that Bindor has passed, what now? AEW can't just drop the last month of TV filled with New Japan talent. How would you transition out of Bindor into Blood and Guts and Beyond? Oh, I think they can absolutely just drop it. I think, you know, the way it operated was so kind of weird anyway. It was so, like, halfway. I think you just drop it and you do, you know, you just try and build to fall. It's all out. You've got two months, which is more than enough time. Blood and Guts is a perfect TV main event. It should do a great number for them. It should be a great match. And um, you've got to pick some guys to go with and kind of hope they get hot because you, you have got some issues on the injury front. Claudio is a natural choice. You want him to wrestle every week, I think. I guess the natural play here. There's some other guys underneath you can go to. Um, you know, I don't want to repeat myself regarding Ricky Starks. <laughs> at this point, I think everyone knows where I'm at on him. But, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a handful of guys you need to go with and, and kind of adjust to the way roster is right now. You don't have the New Japan guys around, we assume. But um, I think they'll be just fine. I think All Out is going to be... A spectacular card will be my assumption. Um, Joe, do you ever foresee a day that Bob might do a solo show of decent length at some point? The jumping confidence in him over the past couple of years 
has been wonderful. I think so, for sure. I mean, I, there's actually, um, in fear of spoiling it, the, the 31 is going to play it in a way that kind of leans into what you're saying. Um, so, you know, stay tuned there, I guess. But, yeah, I, you know, if Bob, if Bob wanted to do one tomorrow, he would be doing one. You know, it's just like, it is challenging. I couldn't have done it when I was doing the distraction. And now I do it like every day, right? Like I just hop on and talk to you guys. But um, I want Bob to do whatever Bob's comfortable with, right? Like he's genuinely the, the nicest guy on our team by like fucking miles. <laughs> it's honestly insane how much nicer a guy he is than any of us. And we give him a lot of shit, which I always regularly check in on Bob to make sure it's like not actually affecting him because that is a thing. Sometimes... I'm sure you guys had it in your friend groups where it's like, oh, we have fun. You know, this is kind of, he's like the, 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 the kind of punching bag for these jokes. Like, you need to actually also make sure like dude's good. I'm not, it's not lost on me, but Bob, um, you know, I've been very proud of him seeing him do the 31. When you see tonight's episode, you'll know where, why I'm especially impressed by him. Um, because I learned for myself that, you know, what he's doing is impressive, man. I'm very, very proud of Bob and he's one of my favorite people. I love him. So I hope so. Joe, who's the best active British wrestler right now? Will Ospreay with a bullet. I'm I'm blown away by him, guys. I'll be honest with you. I I had a lot of issues with the very little I saw when he moved up to heavyweight. Some of the stuff I thought was him trying too hard. Anyone that's still down on him, all I would say is try to like distance yourself from where you were on him and watch him with fresh eyes. Because I was lucky enough just not see him for a while because not lucky enough. What I mean is I didn't see him for a while because I wasn't watching the pro. I think he's come so far. Like, I really think he's special right now. I mean, Zach's great too. But, um, but yeah, uh, I think I think Osprey's, he's on fire right now. That dude seems to really figure it out and, and got where he needs to get as a wrestler. So, there you go. Um, right. We know Mox does the pseudo shoot stuff so well. Example is... G1 round, but he keeps it in his pocket, which makes it an even bigger treat when he busts out for blood sport the color match. That's in reference to the Lashley point I made, and that's a perfect example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's the same to be said for that, having a defined style and allowing the fans to say, this is this kind of wrestler. And then when you do something different, it's a thing, you know. Pop. Um, you actually think we might get Kingston versus Akiyama. How hype would you be? Bro, I'd be incredibly fired up. Um, I've been very excited and happy to see Akiyama getting some greatest wrestler ever. Love it. I don't know if you guys saw, he was on a top, like he was topping people's lists who were getting ready to do theirs for 2026. So he may fall off a little bit, but um, he's one of the greats. And I've only seen bits and pieces, but he's, you know, remarkable in his terms of his longevity and just how great he's been for so long. And if you watch the press conference, I think we're definitely going to get it. Tony Khan's reaction to that situation was, I want to do that one. Like he's going to make that match. So, you know, maybe after Ash, perhaps. Is the late night grim with two tag teams? Who would be teams and what kind of teams? Um, hmm. Will this take Jay Shell out of the equation because, you know, mixed, mixed match challenge was cancelled, right? So we'll do that just for the sake of fairness here. I think the teams would be Bobby and Shoot, who would be an odd couple comedy team. And I think Oracle and I would be like a mechanic team. I think it would be like, a, like the Dirty Dogs, you know? I wasn't going to say FTR because I'm, you know, I'm too, I'm too humble for that. I instead compared to Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, but, you know, fucking real heels. You know what I mean? 
Can the LNG get a DDP yoga subscription and do a series called Shrimp from Bob's Knees? A show of you guys doing yoga while shooting the shit about wrestling and current events. Million dollar idea, bro. <laughs> Might be a million dollar idea only because I need to be paid a million dollars to do that shit. <laughs> um, this is it. This is exactly it. Check with me before you call, man. I don't need that shit going off, scaring the shit out of me. No way. Um... That Tanner AJ match you watched the other night was a treat. I've never seen it, but a real mind of just how incredible a specimen he was at his peak. And you know what's a beautiful companion is the G1 2015 match. They had other matches that were good. G1 2015 match is like just, just gorgeous, dude. Gorgeous. Oh, the, the 31 is doing a rerun. I understand. Yeah. I get you. Now I'm just confused what everyone was saying. I was confused where everyone was like, you're going head to head. I was like, no, I've got 15 minutes. Yeah, I try and do those on Twitch. They don't, they don't do anything for our statistics, but I just like it being there because if someone just follows us. Like, it amazes me, guys. We'll get some stuff like, there was a comment today on the YouTube because I don't know if I mean, it's difficult. I upload it to YouTube and I just kind of leave it there because the reason we do that is just so we have the archive. Because Twitch deletes unless you like upgrade. And, you know, so it's like it's there forever. And um, someone commented on our Fabindor review and was like, I've never seen you guys before. And I always just think, what the fuck? How have you found us? Why Why are you here? What do you want from us? <laughs> but they like the show. And uh, I have I believe, from what I can gather, there are people that just watch us on Twitch. So I like to just kind of hide some stuff. We wanted to do Late Night Green Classics and have four episodes of The Green on Twitch once a week, once a month even. I think we were going to do. And uh, they can only do one hour. So that was our sound. Um, okay. Um, the first Okada Tanashi match is so much fun to watch when Okada fuds him with the Rainmaker and the crowd gasps is pure magic. Rainmaker, that, that's incredible, man. The, the absolute, um, the shock in the building. You can't recreate that. That's just one of those moves that will like live forever in terms of booking bravery. It was awesome. Okay. We do, are you doing a rookie analysis and Greg Garner's greatest new pupil? I need a prep for that. I'm probably going to do some indie folks so it's balanced and I'll circle back. I'm fairly sure we will get King Suzuki next few weeks. Maybe King's next match off Blood and Guts. I sure hope so. And I know people get mad about him losing all the time in AEW, Suzuki, but it's like, you know. Dude's at a certain point in his career. Like, he put Brody King over clean at fucking that like new japan us show like dude's in his 50s man he's he's what he is it's just this uh it's cool that he's out there you know he really is yes this was a vote and um i'm i'm not gonna surprise anyone by saying i did not you know my <laughs> my vote lost i took bill osprey for the trios and the orange match but um, you know, the, the rest of Pierce crew is very locked into wrestling around the world, much more so than myself, honestly. Um, Monty actually, you know, while he is a piece of shit, he's, um, he's built a team of people who just actually like watching wrestling, which is always good, rarer than you think. I, I can relate. Um, so pretty cool. Are there wrestlers that make you turn on? Um, I think you guys probably know this, like from watching me, like I'm pretty forgiving of, 
like, and we do stuff for content, like Pillman and stuff. Like, I, I genuinely don't dislike many wrestlers. There are some people that are like pieces of shit, obviously. We don't need to get into them. There's some that actively expose themselves in that regard. Um, but generally, if it's just a bad wrestler, mostly I'll be playing out for content. Like Johnny Elite, I, you know, I don't really want to watch him. I have no interest in watching him. But I don't like to see him get actively mad. I mean, I may pretend I do for the sake of entertainment, but for the most part, unless they're a real, but I mean a real piece of shit, not like, you know, tweet is bad at Twitter, which is, you know, my take on that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty easy game with that stuff. Because I'm I'm firm believer in, like, I just don't have to watch. Like, I'm blessed in that. I know if I show it here, I'm like, I didn't watch it, guys. You'd be like, all right. <laughs> Ain't that deep, you know? Oh, my God. I don't know if you guys saw, but I was on the True Hill Heat show on um, Friday with Will Washington. And Will, like, suggested that Kyle was not going to be around for a while. So, I hope Kyle's good, man. He's He was really on fire and doing good. So, it was, it'd be a bummer if he... If he if he, uh, you know, couldn't be around for a bit in the ring, that is. Joe, you think we might get the next Forbidden Door in Japan, maybe even Tokyo Dome? Um, I think it's certainly likely they would run Tokyo Dome because they've, like, you know, to try to make up for adjustments. Um, you know, they've um, they've been running it more. So, yeah, I think it's likely. I think it could happen this year, to be honest with you, based on what they said. It's like, I don't know if you saw what the New Japan president was, like, the 50th anniversary. It makes sense to do it here. So, there you go. If Ring of Honor gets a weekly trip wrestling show, which rest would you transition there from the AEW roster? Um, Daniels and Kazarian, Lee Johnson, Dante Martin, honestly, because I like Dante, but I don't think he's ready at all. Um, try to think of just some others that jump off the page. Anna Jay is one that I would like to see just develop away for a little bit. Um, if she indeed is coming back, I assume Penelope Ford is then she'll be a good fit because i think it's still something with penelope they've struggled to kind of tap into these are underneath you're going to need some top stars right i think Takeshi to make sense is someone that can work both joe is going to work both um so you're going to have those guys but guys like saying blake christian is a good fit um i'd like to see biff work there i know he's not an aw just the best answer um you can build a nice roster you just need to make sure you have some top end too I think Corbin McAfee will be good. I'm pretty confident it will be, yes. Uh, yeah, this was this was brutal. Solo distraction. I will say that I'd still be scared about that because that Fightful channel was fucking terrifying to stream on. Terrifying, dude. There's so many people that watch those shows. There's an episode of Distraction of like 8,000 views. That's terrifying. No need for that in my life. Um, so this is the thing, right? It's like I have not seen a lot of this with the clap crowds. I saw the Toko don't match. I thought it was good, but... Like wasn't I didn't love it um, with with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, right? So I've missed that, but I will say like I think that could be a matter of setting and style because I think he's been amazing in the AEW shows, as you said. Yep, absolutely. In his fifties, dude, outrageous. All right, we're gonna be wrapping up here, so I'll, I'll try and I think AJ's best match is the twenty fifteen Tanner match. Unreal. I would probably agree. Um, AJ is such an interest. Like, he's got, like, different fate, like, kind of versions of himself, you know, which makes him such an interesting candidate. I would agree that's probably his most complete match. But the Suzuki match is great. The Joe match from, like, 2005 is unbelievable from TNA, whatever the hell. 
in you know late that around around the time of like the unbreakable match that, that range to have a singles match on Pay is just immense. But yeah. AJ in New Japan is such a spectacle and just wonderful to finally see him on the stage and treat him with the gravity and respect he deserved for a decade. Listen, man, never forget it. You know, the dude, John Gaburik, that piece of shit, called up his pals in the Fed and said, do you have any interest in AJ Styles? And they said, nope. And he said, cool. And they lowballed him and he went to New Japan and fucking did it, man. And look, he's not, he's certainly a flawed person, I'm sure. But I admire that element of his career greatly. He he truly backed himself. He could, God forbid, if he took that deal, getting his money cut in CNN and just fading away while the promotion faded with him. One of the all-time waves, honestly. And I agree. I think a bonus green grill would be great. I did not see this. And Helico is a great call for the Ring of Honor roster. Um Joe, have you seen the Tanashi Ibushi G1 2018 match, um, finals match? One of the matches I try to watch every few months, one of the best matches ever. Almost certainly yes, but I have to be honest, I don't have much memory of it beyond like people telling me about it, which means I should rewatch it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but I'm currently watching the, um, the Okada Omega series with my dad. And I've watched those matches, but I don't really remember them because, you know, sometimes you go through weird ups and downs with your fandom and stuff, but. So I kind of want to do, like, those matches, that, like, era of New Japan and kind of bounce around and have fun with it. So I will do that one soon. And when I do, I will cover it accordingly. All right. We have a couple minutes here. I'm going to stick around for maybe two, three more minutes. The 31 is fast approaching. Um, again, folks, I think you know at this point, you may not be, <laughs> won't be staying up too late to watch it. Uh, but I think this, this episode will pop you quite a bit, honestly. Uh, I do think it's hilarious that I went head to head with our own, our own, our own uh, rerun, though. That's very funny. Hey, look, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I'm a firm believer. My God. We're getting cooked in the damn mentions on WrestlePurious. Good Lord. More ratings talk over there. I wish I wouldn't be out in those folks. Monty, when you hear this, take me out of those ads, goddammit. It's all shit. Um, this is the next one for us to watch. I'll be real with you. I think there's a real misconception about what the like the average fan or what the new fan gets into. And there's this weird belief that's uniform. A lot of the stuff that people think the casual fan would like, like you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson skits or you know, comedy or whatever the hell. Like, genuinely, my father hates. And he pops huge for long matches. <laughs> I sold him on the match by telling him it got six stars. I'm not doing a bit. He, this actually was what I did. And it intrigued him. Because it's like, that's, you know, as dumb as it sounds, the nerd it sounds, this is the thing, guys, it's fucking, he's a critic giving it, a match a rating beyond the scowl. <laughs> as dumb as it is, it's fucking hilarious. It popped him. You know? Like, so, um, it works for some people. Some people wouldn't like it, some people will, and, you know, just a matter of, you have to decide and find which, what part of wrestling fans like. Some won't like any of it. Wrestling's weird. Alan Angel's a good call for Ring of Honor. I would love to see an Omega Green Grappler earnestly sight and see Oracle and critique what they don't like about him in real time. 
I don't know if Alex dislikes Kenny. He definitely dislikes the Young Bucks. I don't know if he dislikes Kenny. I could be wrong on that. Um, I believe they wrestled in 2008. I believe. Didn't they? They wrestled in Ring of Honor. They wrestled in Ring of Honor. Yes, this is what I told him about the Ring Scout. It popped him. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think they wrestled before. I mean, a long time ago. Not not the Kenny Omega that people have come to know and love, you know. But I think they've wrestled. Um, all right. Guys, you know I love you. There's 23 of you here right now. It's very short. There you go. Um, pop. Eight minutes. Yeah, that's filth. Yeah, they'll run it back, I'm sure. Claudio's just going to wrestle, man. He's just going to be a blast. He's going to be such a treat in this promotion. It's perfect for him. It's where he needs to be. Guys, there's over 20 of you here. If you do me one favor, let's all go over as a family and watch this this gimmick, um, this 31 gimmick. I think it's going to pop you. Again, I feel keep you up all night by any means. <laughs> yeah, these are not these are not our longest shows, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, JJ, just put the link in the chat. You can go for our late night grin.com. You can go straight to the YouTube channel. Have fun with it. I'll be in the chat popping. And uh, I'll see you over there, guys, all right? I appreciate you all. I'll be back tomorrow at some time. I don't know when. I'm sorry. It's messy right now. And then when the 31's done, 7 Eastern, an hour from now, we're going to rank the Money in the Bank winners. I promise you, I know it sounds bad. I think it may be funny. I promise. I've seen the list of winners. It sounds like it's going to be funny. Love you all. Enjoy this outro. <laughs>